Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role that joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 65. This is Paula Jenkins, a life and career coach and the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. I am excited to have Rosie Williams on the show this week. She is the author of Repurposed Faith, Breathing New Life into Your Quiet Time. And I love that we get to chat about faith, digging in and making quiet time during a busy life. And she really shares some lovely thoughts about rekindling relationships and about a camper that she's refurbishing with her husband. First, I want to give you all a very warm welcome and say thank you for listening. If you want to follow along with this episode and grab the links that Rosie talks about, you can get the show notes for this episode over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 65. If you like what you hear and you want to subscribe, Jumpstart Your Joy is on all of the major podcasting syndication spots, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Google Play Music. If you search for Jumpstart Your Joy, we will pop up. And if you subscribe, then you will get the weekly episodes delivered directly to your mobile device. If you're looking for ways to jumpstart your own joy, I have a free e-course on my website called You Plus Joy Unleashed. It's a week-long class that walks you through how to reacquaint yourself with joy in your life. I share exclusive journaling prompts, a bunch of fun freebies, and so much more. And you can sign up right on the homepage of jumpstartyourjoy.com. And now, without further ado, I bring to you the interview with Rosie Williams. So welcome to the podcast. Today we have Rosie Williams, author of Repurposed Faith. Thank you so much, Rosie, for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Paula. Would you like to tell us what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your early sparks of joy? Early thoughts of joy. Well, when I think about that, uh, one of the things that comes to mind was the time that my dad and I would spend occasionally taking a train ride from my town, hometown in Topeka, Kansas to Kansas City on the train while he would have a business trip or something like that. And I would be packing my dolls and and playing and and just enjoying this adventurous trip. I mean, you'd have thought I was going to New York City or something, but it was just a a sweet memory with my dad. And uh, that's that's something that sticks with me. I love that. I I remember very fondly packing up (laughs) toys and like all of their accessories or whatever it was. And there's something very imaginative about that kind of that child's mind. I don't know. There's something very nostalgic about it for me as well. And also so wonderful that your dad would take you on these adventures. It's so neat when you get to spend special time with parents. Yeah. And I, and I really, as I've gotten older, have realized that you not all children really have a really good childhood or lots of fond memories. And I feel very fortunate, very humbled to have had just a, a delightful childhood. And, uh, so I, I thank my parents for that. And what is it? I mean, I know you've written this this book, Repurposed Faith, Breathing New Life mm-hmm. into Your Quiet Time. And I've read it and it is, it is amazing. What is it that you do now in addition to writing books? Well, right. I, we just launched the book um, October the 21st uh, here in, in uh, 2016. And so uh, since that time now, this is my first solo book. I've contributed to some other works, but so I'm I'm learning as I'm going, but I'm it's exciting because I'm having an opportunity to share with different groups of people, different age groups. It's interesting because the underlying message is the same uh, whether mm-hmm. I'm speaking to a group of young marrieds or to a group of seniors, the the idea of trying to encourage people in their journey and in their faith walk is the underlying message is the same. So I see myself, uh, I'm going to be doing a little bit, some traveling and mm-hmm. to speaking and that kind of thing. 
that kind of regarding this book, and I see that kind of happening well into 2017. But I also have on my heart a a series of children's books that that are geared not only to military kids, but that's kind of my my target group is is military kids. And mm-hmm. so I, I've written I've written one of those a little book called Sergeant Willie's Jeep. And so I'm hoping to be able to continue on with that project, and uh, maybe even we might even add a little puppet show to that. My husband does puppets and. So we're kind of thinking of how we can that alive for children. So. That sounds so charming. I love that. Because <laughs> um, I know my, my, well, it's my grandchildren. It's my grandchildren's yeah. fault. They they inspire me <laughs> and they make me smile. And I think that uh, that's also a good thing too to be involved with children and and the uh, light hardness they bring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning and uh, those kinds of things. And so I'm hoping to be able to bring that vision I have for this little series of books to fruition. I love it. I have a six-year-old son and there is something like reinvigorating about almost everything when you can re-see things through the eyes of a child. And I know, well, I mean, we first met because we were connected through, I think, a faith-based group on on Facebook and we're partnered up kind of randomly as, you know, I think accountability partners. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your it, your it dream was, that was kind of fun. It was, yeah. And your dream at the time I think was around the children's book, at least at first. So I'm so excited to hear that Sergeant Willie is taking shape. Yeah. Sergeant Willie, um, I think when we first met, Paula, one thing I remember talking about was your theme of Jumpstart Your Joy. And Mm -hmm. I had woken in the night one night, this was prior to even talking to you or knowing you, uh, but I woke in the night with this thought of Jumpstart Your Quiet Time. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't go back to sleep, go back to sleep. And so uh, it was that night that I believe that God laid on my heart the idea and the vision for this little book that ended up coming out. And I I got up and and, uh, actually wrote out an outline of the 10 chapters of that book that night. And then I was able to go back to sleep. But I Mm -hmm. I remember us talking about the whole idea of jumpstarting things and um, how it just reminds me of how many times in our lives that we wear thin, you know, life, life sometimes throws us a curveball or life events happen and people lose heart and sometimes they, they lose faith. I I know that my husband, he's a Vietnam veteran and the guys that he served with at times would say things like, well, how come God went AWOL on me? You know, where was God when I needed him? And they, they they had so much trauma and so much just grief in their experience that they couldn't imagine how come God would allow that to happen to them. You know, that happens in life. And we have to look and encourage one another to say, you know, God was there all the time. And, and sometimes he, he does allow things like that to happen, but he walks with us through that. And then we can get to the other side of the experience with our faith intact. Yeah. Well, and I think that it is really hard because I think most people at some point in their life will go through something that is traumatic. And mm-hmm. and how is it that we get back in touch with God or whatever if someone's I mean we're both of Christian faith, but if someone is not, you know, whatever your sense of the universe or the creator or whatever that is, how do you reconnect with that source and kind of I don't know, sort through the thing that happened. Um, I don't know if you have words around that. I think that, of course, for me personally, the object of my meditation is Christ Jesus. And it's, you know, through the Bible that he speaks in in really powerful ways. One thing that does sadden me sometimes is when people, even Christian, other Christian people would even say, well, I know the Bible says this or that or something else, but and then they'll finish the sentence, but you don't know what I've been through, or my life experience doesn't match up with a verse, let's say, that says uh, that God will keep us in perfect peace if we keep our mind on Him. And then it, then there comes the, uh, the, the tension then between the actual 
life experience and the promise that is in the Word. And so for me, one of the things that I did in the book was I I looked at, at different obstacles that come in the way of people's faith. And uh, one of those things is when life turns upside down on you. And mm-hmm. I and I gave some examples from, of some friends of mine who had had some traumatic life events. And they were people that were very steady in their faith through good times and bad times, people that I'd known for many, many years. And I observed as they went through those things and how they hung on for dear life, even through terrible grief, but just hung on and how through that whole process that God brought them from a place of darkness or maybe being in a pit, so to speak, and just lifted them up out and put them on solid ground again, and they were able to experience light and joy again in their life. And so I I tried to put some stories in there because I know when I'm reading a book, I like to read about Mm -hmm. somebody's real life adventure Mm -hmm. or story, and and that kind of helps me too. Yeah, I agree. Especially with spiritual and even the biblical stories, it's sometimes so hard to relate to things it seemed like a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Actually, that's a, a lot of, of what this show is even about, is that there are those, as you said, pits and times in everybody's life when we kind of bottom out or, as Brene Brown would say, you know, we're face down in the arena. And so what is mm-hmm. it that gets us to come back up? And um, what is it that then jumpstarts, you know, as you were saying, either your quiet time and your your meditativeness and and returning to what you know and what you know to be true? Or what is it that reminds you that there's something more than whatever this, this moment is? Right. I love how that runs as a theme for both of us too, because it's, it's uncanny, but yet, I don't know, synchronicity is uh, never entirely surprising. Maybe when you think of a creator and, and God that's, in the mix all the time. Yeah, it's uh, certainly certainly no easy answers. And I think that I know there's been times in my life where I probably have thrown out what seemed like little pat answers that um, I learned in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, you learn these things and then you kind of come through basically like a test, a test of your faith. And mm-hmm. um, it's during those times where, uh, for me personally, it has been through reconnecting, taking that, taking time away per, by myself in a place that's quiet, in a place that I can actually meditate upon God and, and Christ and His Spirit that He's put within me, and ask Him to help me. Uh, sometimes it's it's more than asking; it's crying out for help yeah. because sometimes you're uh, whatever it is that that it is you're going through. That's all you can really do is say, "God, help me." through this. Mm-hmm. And there are days uh, for me, this whole thing of a quiet time of meditation will look very different than another day. And I, I certainly, in, in my writing, to not make this some little like religious to-do thing that you just check mm-hmm. off, but more of a relationship with the living God where He's loving and He's compassionate and kind. And one of the chapters, as I've talk to people that have read the book, one of the chapters that comes out as one of the ones people seem to be able to relate to the most is the one where I'm talking about relating to God as a loving father, because Mm. a lot of people didn't have that experience growing up. I mean, I even talked to one girl. She said that when she thought of God, it was like his back was turned to her. It was just so interesting to me, because when I think of God, now, in light of the fact that I had a, a very tender, compassionate father, so when I think of God, I can I can crawl up on his lap, I can put my head on his shoulder, I can I can share my heart with him and and be comforted by him. But if we haven't had that experience growing up, then that's much more difficult. And mm-hmm. so that was a chapter that I treaded very humbly on because I knew that I hadn't experienced that from a negative sense. And I really had to pray about that chapter mm-hmm. because I wanted to hold out to people what God really is like. Because I think sometimes people walk away from God because they see him as a stern taskmaster that's going to smack you down if you don't do the right things and if you don't go to church and if you don't do this and that. And mm-hmm. instead of it being a, a loving Heavenly Father who 
who wants to, us to come and be in his presence. He wants to help us in a very mm-hmm. practical ways in whatever it is we're going through. I think last time when we talked about it, like the image that that hits me is the prodigal son, which if people don't know the story or if they've mm-hmm. just heard that as like a, a saying is really that idea that the one son leaves and goes out and has much merrymaking of who knows what sort <laughs> and spends mm-hmm. the family's or his spends his own inheritance. And the other one stays at home and is I'll use air quotes around the good son. But the father welcomes back the child that had left and and squandered his funds just as if as if he was the other son. I mean, there was no no difference in the welcome, but it's because that that father wants a relationship with every one of his children. And I've pared that down right. unbelievably. But but the idea that Well, no, I think you did good with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, but like just now it's yeah. it's just a matter it's a matter of him taking a I mean, the Bible even talks about how we're going to stumble. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're sinful people. Uh, but he, at the point that we ask for him to help us, he's going to take us and lift us back up on the pathway to himself. And so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of love, I think uh, if, I could, if I could pick out one thing that, that would draw somebody to Christ would be if they could understand how very much he loves them. And have that whole umbrella of love around their their heart and their mind and their thoughts, because th- those are the kinds of things that are going to motivate us to draw into someone is when you realize the amazing, unending love that he has for us and that he wants to be able to give that to us so that we can, so it can overflow into the lives of other people. The difference between a God that is judging and and might push you away at any moment versus a God that is just love, and and that's all God is, and and that there's an unending amount of welcome and hospitality and acceptance, it's a very different message than maybe what some of us have either been taught or perceive as as being the possibility of the relationship that, that they might have with God. And I love that you're bringing that out, the piece about that it's love and that it and that his arms are always open. Right. Because of just the way life is, a lot of times, I know for me, and I shared this also in the book, but um, there, I mean, there was a time where I had uh, gotten so busy, uh, overloaded with life, and and I, I began to pick up a lot of anger and a lot of bitterness over certain things that were happening in my life that I had no control over whatsoever or that didn't turn out as if I had hoped or dreamed. And so when you see things like that kind of crashing to the ground and or you're hurt by people, maybe maybe over and over, there's a response there. And sometimes if it's anger that's not dealt with and it turns into bitterness, then it starts breaking you down and not only uh, spiritually, but physically and emotionally. And for me, I, I had to learn how to regain my sense of a balance and peace and calm. And I think that in the world we live in, with all the technology, with all the, the pace of life, with just trying to pay the bills and keep things going in the family, I think that it's very difficult to take those times and to take care of ourselves because we're going at such a pace that we don't even realize that we're empty or that we're, you know, weary or that we're sick or whatever, because we just are going, you know, day after day after day, push and push, push. Then there's that, that time when, when your body says, uh, uh-uh, you're not doing this to me anymore. <laughs> and you find yourself like the gal you mentioned flat on the highway, face down. I mean, and, uh, even in those, even in those times, and maybe sometimes, especially in those times when we're we've kind of come to the end of ourselves and the end of our own strength and we do say god i need your help and he reaches down through maybe through a a a song maybe through a friend maybe through a pastor maybe through uh, a personal verse of scripture that hits you personally like you've never never read it before somehow he will meet us right there at the point of our need and I think when that happens enough, that relationship begins to to become stronger and stronger and stronger. But if but we do have to deal with with the emotional and the physical and and, and make sure that all of that 
it balances out. I found that it's very interesting that once you're kind of in tune and open to getting a message that they show up all over the place, right? Like, but like what you're saying is you have to make space for it and make it, but make it something that your heart is open to so that you can hear and receive whatever the inspiration is. And it it happens in unexpected ways, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I shared the story of how I was driving my son and it has had been one of those weeks where school closed down because the water main broke and I was having to drive him pretty far to take him to a different daycare. And, you know, it was like one of those very, you know, in, in hindsight, not that stressful, but in the moment seemed very stressful. And on the freeway, uh, a piece of paper blew into the grill of my car. <laughs> and when I got out at oh, yeah. the camp, I pulled the page or the paper off the grill because I was like, what is this? And I opened it up and it was one of the Psalms. And I was like, this, what? But yeah. it immediately snapped me back into the space of of realizing the blessings that I have in my life. And that there was a communication point that didn't really seem possible earlier in the morning. But then once I pulled that, the Bible, I mean, it was literally a page out of a Bible off my car. I was like, That's okay, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Let's recenter because everything's actually fine. <laughs> That's that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had I had an experience I'll share. Um I, I told you that I have this desire to write these these books for military kids and there's just not a lot written out there for them. And I know that they have a lot of uh secondary uh, post traumatic stress and and also just the, the how you deal with when your parent is deployed and those kinds of things. And I, I had gone to a workshop and I, I was flying home on the plane. But that morning I had asked God to show me. I said, I need wisdom to know what the next step is for me in terms of, you know, do am I supposed to write some other books that are just for general, for people that are adults, or am I supposed to write for kids? And I had asked for wisdom. So I got on the plane next to these two ladies and I thought, I'm, I was focused on my work and I was all of a sudden I started just having all these ideas for these children's books. And so uh, like um, I was writing one and it was, it was uh, pink bows and yellow ribbons. And I was, it was all about a little girl that didn't know what yellow ribbons were and how she needed to, to learn what that was and learn that there are soldiers that leave and go fight for. And so I was like into this whole thing. So then right at the end of the flight, the, the ladies began to talk to me. And they hadn't said one word to me the whole time. And so they start talking to me. Before long, the one is saying, the older lady is saying, well, I, I just, we just got back from visiting my daughter. And my daughter is an Iraqi veteran. And she's just really struggling. And she starts telling me her story. Um, she, she doesn't at this point know I'm a writer. She doesn't know my husband's a veteran, that we're in, we've been in military ministry for 20 years. None of that. She just like starts sharing her heart with me. And so I, I said, well, I, you know, tentatively said, well, I, I have written this little children's book. I'm a writer. And, and so I tell her in a real, just brief moment about Sergeant Willie's Jeep and, and, and the story of this little Jeep who'd been tossed aside. And then, and then he got pulled out of a shed one day and, and repurposed and restored. And that a lot of this, those kinds of things are the same feelings that little children have sometimes that they can have a broken heart or feel tossed aside, but God can heal and restore. And I'm telling her this story and she is, she starts crying and mm. she, and she leans over to me and she goes, I believe we were destined to meet today. And she's like saying, can I have that book? And I'm like, well, yeah, as soon as I get it published, sure, you can have it. So I'm giving her a card and and watching as she walks away, and I was going, you ask God to give you help and wisdom, and then he goes, okay, you know, and he does it in an unexpected way, and you go, all right, I got it, I got it, that's that's exactly what the direction I'm supposed to take, and you know, sometimes it, it comes in ways that's very clear like that, and other times not, but but when he does, and when you have, like you said, your ear is is tuned to him and tuned to people that he brings along your pathway, it, it's a pretty powerful thing to realize it's, that 
that God is so personal and so mm-hmm. real to us. Well, and how special to have that have that experience on the plane where <laughs> I mean and uncanny that the that the lady would open up and and that the story would be revealed of the similarities between the I mean between what you're writing and then what her family's going through. It's just wow. Right, exactly. Because, you know, it's you know, the children are, are so affected and, and she said she said my seven year old grandson is is struggling right now. He and and she needs she wanted something that she could give to him. You know, and you're going, Well, you know, how how much can a little book about a little Jeep help a but you never know, you know. Uh you yeah. never know um how something like that can help um, at least if 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 someone can acknowledge or acknowledge the pain that this little boy might be having, acknowledging it is the first step to to healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in a in a very simple way, it says you're not alone and you're a right. part of this this greater creation, and you're there's you know you're part of the divinity as well. I think it's so easy, yeah. especially for little kids, to not feel that connection or feel like everything in their world has gone crazy and they don't understand what's happening. I also love that there's that kind of, it seems like there's that jumpstart moment (laughs) just in the simple act of asking for a little bit of help or a little bit of direction, acknowledging that, that somehow the, the person, meaning I know in my own life, I've said, I need just a little bit of help, even if I can't find the words for what the help would be, because I can't imagine what it is, but I know that I want it. And, and, and I understand that something else may be more possible. That feels like the jumpstart moment. And I, and I heard it there when you were saying about kind of asking for that help as you got on the plane and not knowing what that meant, but then just being open to receive it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's other jumpstart moments that you maybe about the book or or if there's a jumpstart moment around your glamper that you want to talk about because I love the story of that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a little jumpstart moment. Well, um, my husband and I uh, recently purchased um, an older camper. Uh, I've been on Pinterest way too much and seen <laughs> these cute little campers that have been restored with painted up, you know, looked like 1950s, red and white everywhere pretty much. And so we had an opportunity to purchase one. And after we purchased it, I began to think about this, this camper that had been also sitting in somebody's garage for 30 plus years. Maybe somebody thought that would never, never go anywhere again. But then we, I got to thinking about how at someday and hopefully by spring, my husband and I are going to have this camper restored. We've already started working on it. But I started to think about the book that I wrote on repurposed faith because I've had a lot of people say, well, why did you, you know, why did you choose that title, repurposed faith? And um, it just got me to thinking that how some things, like in this case, a camper was just a, a thing that had lost its original purpose. And then somebody's going to have a little vision and and bring it back to life. And that, that that's really trendy these days. Everybody is repurposing everything. And it's just <laughs> yeah. interesting to watch the, those TV shows on what how somebody can see something that was supposed to be meant for one use. And now they're going to turn it upside down, paint it, and put some basket on it. And now it's something totally different. But yeah. um, it does have some deeper meaning uh, in terms of people that maybe they once had a purpose and then their life changed. Maybe it's through a retirement. Maybe it's through a loss of a spouse. Maybe it could be a number of things, health problems. And so they don't have that purpose anymore that they yeah. used to have. And I was talking um, even to an older group the other day, and there were some people up into their 90s in this group And I said, you know, our purpose may look different from time to time as we transition in our life. But what goes on inside of our heart, in the inner man inside of us, uh, that purpose um, in our life can remain active and alive and well. And our calling to be uh, receive God's love and mercy and grace, that can be very alive and well, even though we may feel like we don't have anything to offer anyone else because that's not how God sees us. He sees mm-hmm. He sees the purpose and sees the vision. And so the little camper is kind of a symbol of that for my <laughs> husband and myself. And uh, so we are 
going to be taking that on a few book signings I see in the future. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see. Fill that baby up full of books. We, we plan to uh, put it on the, the, my rosiejwilliams.com website. And, um, and it probably it's going to be starting up in the spring after the cold weather is over. Mm-hmm. And, and take my followers with me on this journey as we repurpose this little camper to because I think a lot of people are interested in in that kind of thing, I can then kind of make a correlation between what we learned trying to restore the camper and what we've learned in our life when it comes to restoration, when it has to do with our faith. I love that. It's a beautiful connection because I, I get the sense, I don't know if you've seen the show Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna oh, Gaines. Yes. Oh, oh yes, yes. I mean, they're special. Let's love, let's just <laughs> let's just say that. But there's something almost spiritual about the way that they approach an older home, or not an older home, but but they see the bones mm-hmm. and their original purpose, and they bring it back mm-hmm. to life in a new way. And I think that's why I love HGTV. I think the thing, the bottom line under all of this, is that it it gives people hope because mm-hmm. I mean, it's like uh, if somebody is feeling like they don't have a purpose anymore or they their faith is has become lukewarm. Um, but um, if that's happened and, and, and they can see another person's story where they have been able to come out on the other side of that with, with a renewed hope and with a renewed vision and renewed purpose, then that that's huge because then that way they can continue to engage in their in their life in a meaningful mm-hmm. way. And um, my husband was talking this morning about, he was talking about building fires because mm. he's kind of a fire bug. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. he was talking about um, when you build a fire and um, he was on a camping trip and, the, and it had rained during the night and it put the fire out that they'd had the night before. And they were all freezing. They had some of them were in sleeping bags. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think they, I think they were outside sleeping and they were just freezing, and he he realized that you know that fire was out, and that somebody needed to get it going again. Well, you know they said, well, it might as well be me because there wasn't anybody else wanting to get out of their sleeping <laughs> bag to get it get it going. But he he got to talking about how he he just flipped over what was what looked like just wet ashes, and he flipped that over, and he said, I found a coal, and it was it was like a little glowing coal. And so then he, he keeps going on that, and pretty soon he found, finds another one that has just a little bit of a glow to it. And he, mm-hmm. and he brought those two coals together, and he began to stoke that fire. And, and he, I was sitting there just kind of really fascinated <laughs> talking about this fire thing. Because, and I think I use that one of those examples in the book, too, uh, just about he, he was, had so many illustrations about how the one coal by itself didn't get, couldn't start the fire up again, but bringing it with the other coal, maybe they just had a little bit of glow. And he and we were talking about how important it is that people not isolate, but that they they find somebody else that has a little bit of a glow to come closer to, and pretty soon then the synergy of that gets things going, and pretty soon, uh, you know, he's got this fire going again, and. The guys started going and peeking out of their bags, and they they'd come over, and they were like, "Oh, weren't getting warm by the fire," and um, and so he was he just had so many illustrations about that and how um, it is with us, and in how many times when we're hurting, the tendency is to withdraw from other people mm-hmm. instead of drawing closer to people to realize how much power there is in relationship. And encouraging one another as we go along. I love it. Well, because it really, it really is true that lots of times when we're, but we feel hurt or we feel misunderstood or we feel like maybe mm-hmm. our purpose is is not clear. Then it's mm-hmm. what it's almost a natural tendency to go inward and and wonder what's wrong and what's the problem and and. But I love the imagery of the two coals. One, it takes somebody having, I think that's a jumpstart moment of like, okay, it's time to get out of bed or it's time to flip yeah. over the cold, see if there's something to work with here. Um, mm-hmm. But then knowing that it just takes a tiny bit and a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of love and, and gathering together. And, and then you kind of have the possibility of 
what a much bigger fire and uh, a community right. and mm, I love the fire. <laughs> it's a really good. It's a really good image. My husband, I, I keep telling him he needs to write an object lesson book. He's uh-huh. like a walking object lesson, but I, but he is a storyteller. I'm a yeah. writer. He's a storyteller, uh, and and he has um, amazing amazing stories. Um, matter of fact, he's written uh, contributed to a book called. Battlefields and Blessings, Stories of Faith and Courage in the Vietnam War. And he's mm. contributed a couple of stories to that book that talk about the most amazing miracles of um, him being um, not being killed and how um, in, in, in what some said was a God-forsaken country that God really was there with him and walked him through that and um, you know, then you look at the ones that didn't make it. I always go, well, what about them, God? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Steve made it through, but what about them? And and those are the kinds of questions that, I mean, you just hang in the air because you don't know. You have no yeah. idea, uh, you know, why God, why some people die sooner than other people. And and uh, there's there's no way that we know the answer to that. But mm-hmm. what he does know is that God did not go AWOL over there. He was with, he was very much there with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes, like we were saying, being open to receiving some sort of a sign or some sort of, I don't even know, the tiniest little thing can, can kind of buoy you along in, in really hard times. And I think that's the part to cling to or has been for me. Um, is is those those lights kind of in the darkness almost i i know during a very hard time for myself i actually had a visual of candles floating on a water on the water and oh that's beautiful yeah and something that i had meditated on and and um yeah a very interesting that has to do with the birth of my son which was a traumatic event but there were things throughout it that were very beautiful and very much I mean, you mentioned earlier that like, you know, you learn the things in Sunday school or you learn songs as a child. And there were things that came up through that experience for me that were things that I did learn as a child, but then were renewed and and re-brought back to life and used kind of as I went through the experience in ways that then seemed like they were a connection to a higher source and a reminder Mm -hmm. that I was not forgotten and that Yes, this was hard in the moment, but that we, we, meaning my son and I, would both make it through. It was very, mm-hmm. it was very intense <laughs> in many ways. But it well, sounds that, like that you're. That does sound yeah. like a, a really interesting um, and meaningful experience there. Yeah, yeah. For you. It was, yeah. And I, there's, a, there's a book in there somewhere. I just, <laughs> it just needs to shake itself yeah. out. I don't know exactly what it is yet. I used to think that my book was always on the back burner this book and now I don't see it that way I I see that it was I mean it might have been on on a, on the back burner but not that far away all along because the things that I I learned in through my life different things it was like the puzzle pieces kind of for me had to come together proper time then I was able to to write about it but but I don't want to tell younger people that they don't have, they have to wait until they're in their sixties, like I am to actually write the book because, um, most of my mentors are, are my kids' age. They're young, creative people that I, I love being around because they bring so much energy. I think that is another jumpstart moment for me now that I'm thinking about it was, was to be, start to go to writers conferences where there were people like that there because it, um, jump-started this creative side of me that really had been a little bit dormant for for years while I was caregiving for uh, my parents, my husband's parents, and there was a lot of that and a, and a lot of uh, taking care of, well, getting my own kids grown and off and gone and working and doing trying to do business and, and a lot of different things that were were there. But to be able to kind of come out of that and then then come into a, a situation where you kind of think, well, maybe I I just thought I was going to write a book someday 
but then you find out, no, you really were. Uh, and it, it, so that, that was a jump start moment for me to, to, and I would, I remember I would almost like apologize because I was older than they were. And I, I was creating a barrier that wasn't even there. And finally, they made me stop talking about it. They said, we don't want to hear about that anymore because basically they didn't care. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And it kind of set me free to um, kind of go back to some of the um, earlier ideas and things that I had had and then feel free to pursue them, pursue those Mm. dreams. I love that. And I love that you took the step to go to the conference. You know what I mean? Like you put yourself in the space of, it sounds like where things could kind of, I don't know, take shape or. It was a pretty shaky, it was a pretty (laughs) space, especially that first one I went to and I, I stood outside of the door of the conference hall where there was like, you know, 300 and, and they were all buzzing. And a lot of what they were talking about was, you know, the books they'd written or the, the, different things they'd done or the social media, that whole thing. And I mean, I had, you know, I'm a blogger and I do some things like that, but you know, it's been hard to get up to speed. I feel like I'm running as fast as I can to try to catch up with it. And as soon as I feel like I know what the trend is, it's Mm -hmm. no, no, that's last, that's old news and they're (laughs) on to something else. And so I'm just like running as fast as I can to catch up. But, um, I remember having a conversation with my daughter-in-law that uh, right before I walked into that room and my mom had passed away recently and, and I was, uh, I was pretty uh, insecure about entering into that event. And my daughter-in-law said, mom, she said, just go in there. She said, you know, those gals need you and you need them. And, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So I did. But when I went in, I looked for a table where there was just one lady sitting there. And uh, so I went to sit down at this table and the um, the lady and I began, the young girl began to talk back and forth. And I said, you know, you have to, I have to uh, ask you to bear with me because I said, I'm a little emotional because my mom just passed away two weeks ago. And she looked at me and she said, really? She said, when I first came to this conference, my mom had passed away two weeks before and she just reached over and she put her arms around me and gave me a sweet hug. And we kind of had this little moment there of a connection. And then some other ladies came to the table and it was, it was a beautiful evening. And um, it was just another example of God's tender loving care uh, at a time where I, I needed him. I needed, I needed God with skin on. I needed Mm -hmm. some person that could, you know, uh, reassure me because I'm, you know, sitting here. I mean, I've done all kinds of things in my work life, my career. I've done a lot of stuff, but then I found myself out of my element there and needing a little extra uh, boost. And right when I needed it, then God brought this this sweet lady along to encourage me. And so I think that's, again, that's kind of an example of those coals we were talking about earlier and now, you know, just a little glow from one and a little glow from the other. And let's put them together and let's mm-hmm. always encourage each other in our journey. Yeah. Ooh, I love that story. Yeah. Because in a vulnerable moment, that is just sounds like just what you needed. Mm. Well, um, before we get to the last two questions, is there um, is there anything you want to add? I um I know people can get your book on Amazon. Is, is that the best place to go for it? I think so. I mean, uh, it's available, um, you know, at, I mean, to, uh, to probably to order at any uh, local Christian bookstore. Barnes & Noble could order it in. But, you know, at these days, um, Amazon is pretty <laughs> handy. Um, I also have a Bible app uh, under the Bible app under version. I have a 10-day repurposed faith challenge. And so that's something that, you know, if somebody's not ready to or doesn't have time to read a book, but they're Mm -hmm. kind of getting toward the end of this year and they're they're going, they're beginning to think about goals for next year and things they'd like to change in their life. This is just a 10 day challenge that kind of summarizes, it kind of hits 
touch briefly some of the issues that I deal with in the 10 chapters of the book, but uh, a 10-day challenge to kind of get refocused, repurposed, and renewed in your faith. So that's out there to, um, you know, just if you can go Google the version or, or get the Bible app on your phone or your laptop or whatever. So that's out there. And I think that'd be, that's a nice thing for this time of the year. Um, the other thing that I've found now, um, I've, I'm a month away out from the book launch, and I'm finding that people that have read the book, some of them have, have uh, reordered some other copies to give away for gifts at Christmas time. So that's another thing that that's to think about, too, is the idea that uh, passing on along to others that may be um, looking for something, may be struggling maybe feeling um, pretty down right now. And, and my prayer and my hope is that some, somebody that reads the book could, could at least maybe identify with one of those chapters uh, mm-hmm. where they can kind of go, man, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. Mm-hmm. One of my deal, chapters deals with attention deficit disorder. Well, you know, being able to uh, say, wow, I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. And here's some, some ideas, here's some tools that's that's been helpful. Um, that's what my prayer is that somebody can can find something that, in the book that will ultimately um, draw them into a place of peace and and joy, as we both have heart for joy, mm-hmm. and uh, to go to the to the source, just like plugging in your phone, plugging yeah. in to um, spiritual um, personal relationship with Christ. That is um, that that is a connection with with a God that's not not far away and distant, but but a God that is loving and really interested in a, in a personal relationship with each one of us, no matter mm-hmm. what. Yes, and I will link up to the book. And yes, it would make a lovely gift. It really is. It's a, a heartfelt um, work, and I have enjoyed it as well. So thank you. Um, so let's jump to the last couple questions. I know you talked about balance a little bit, but what does uh, you're you're a busy lady with, um, you know, uh, your book and redoing a, a, your camper and so much going on and four grandchildren and what does balance mm-hmm. look like in your life and how do you maintain harmony? One of the things that I've uh, come across is this amazing little eye bloom planner that's out there. And uh, that's something that's been really helpful for me. To, to, it's, you know, I, I love it because at the very beginning, you start your planning in, in uh, the year before. So I'm starting my planning for 2017 now. And the reason that I'm doing that planning is to so that my schedule won't rule me, but that I will have a pretty good idea of where I want that schedule to go. Now, obviously, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, today or 2017. But but this way, I have kind of a I have my eyes on a, a real specific goal, and um, I try to do it through well pr- practicing what I preach. When I I write, if you write a book and you tell people that one of the most important things as a believer in Christ to do is to have time with God, I need to practice what I preach, and so I try to to start my day. And if I don't have time in the morning, well, it doesn't have to be in the morning, but I try to have at least one time during the day that's, that's very quiet and in the time there to kind of keep my balance and my focus. So, but I say, say planning and, uh, and, and one of those things, then when you talk about planning is priorities and my family is my number one priority. And so uh, I have some wonderful uh, trips planned that just to see my grandkids in Dallas and to enjoy the ones that are close by here in my hometown. And there's lots of things that just being around children, as we talked about earlier, kind of just gives you a a time to just have a little more lighthearted time and a time Mm -hmm. to just play with them and to get out of a serious adult world and realize that there's a beautiful life out there to live. And and I don't want to miss any of it with them. I love that. And I will I will link up to the iBloom planner. I have heard of it. So I'm also curious. <laughs> yes. Let's jump to the last question. Uh, most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? First thing 
you can't give away what you don't have. So I think the first thing is to take care of yourself and to find the joy in your own, in your own heart, in the inner person of your heart. So I say, first of all, is to take care of yourself that way. Then the second thing is, um, and to me, this actually doesn't, if you take care of number one, step number one, step number two is, is kind of a natural overflow. The scripture talks about the overflow of joy into the lives of other people. And so I'd say number two is, is let that joy flow out into other, other people. Then the, the third thing is, is I, I think about not letting all of the negative messages of the world, of the politics, of the Facebook stuff, of the, uh, that's negative, put that fire out. Like we were talking about the fire getting mm. put out by the rain. Uh, try to to realize that, you know, sometimes you have to move away from toxic people and toxic situations and to, in order to maintain your joy. And so I, I say to not let the negative messages and negative things of the world steal your joy away because they're going to try to. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we need to have a faith that's always refreshed, repurposed, on a, on a consistent, regular basis, because if we try to just get out there and just exude joy, uh, our tank's going to run dry. Mm-hmm. So keep the tank filled up, and, and there's a source to go to for that. I love it. Thank you so much, Rosie. It's been a, a total joy to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, um, it's been my privilege, and I thank you for asking me, Paula. Thank you so much, Rosie. I am so glad that we got to connect. And it was a real treat to have you on the show. To get all of the links or find out more about Rosie's book, you can head over to the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 65. And you can get the links to Rosie's site, her repurposed faith app, and a link to purchase her book. If you are hooked on podcasts and you are thinking of starting your own, you can enroll in my other free e-course, which is called Podcasting Fundamentals, on my website. It will give you all the insights on why podcasting is a great fit for your business or blog. And you can get to this by accessing the drop-down link of classes and courses from the top nav. When we come back next week, I've got Connie Curtis coming on to talk about how to enjoy the holidays if you are gluten-free or have a friend or family member who is gluten-free. We share it all so that you guys can have a great gluten-free holiday season. And there will be some recipes included. I hope that you'll come back for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.